Guess what? I'm moving country again. I don't know. Maybe a year. Maybe more. Where's home? Home's everywhere. I'm an expat. Hello, it's Pauline. Welcome to a new episode of Meet the Expats. Today I am with Heather, Scottish woman teaching in Dubai, who's lived across the different Emirates in the Middle East. Hello. Hi, there. Heather. How are you? <laughs> good. Thanks for having me. I'm good. It's great to, to, to have you finally. And I'm excited to hear a lot about the Middle East. I don't think we've We've touched on it yet on the on the podcast, so it's gonna be interesting to see your your Aww. culture differences. <laughs> so let's start from the beginning. How how did you move in the first place? What what happened? What brought you here? Well, originally I was um, t- I'm a teacher, and originally right. I was working in England. So I moved from Scotland to England and was working there for three years and just over the three years I was just getting more and more unhappy with Mm. um, taking things personally and difficult kids and try because I'm a French teacher trying to teach French to kids in England who will really never leave their village they had (laughs) no interest and it was really hard to get any motivation and I just took it really personally that something I loved so much they had no interest in oh, no. Um, and then while I was there and being upset all the time my sister had taken a job in Doha in Qatar right so in the October I went to visit her on holiday and it was lovely it was just for the October week that was really lovely and then just in the next three or four months she was saying you know you really won't have these behavior problems with kids mm. released you know why don't you think about coming over so I applied for a few jobs and yeah, I just, you know, when you look at, you apply for a job and I just absolutely knew I was going to get that school. Like I absolutely, yeah. before I'd even applied, I was like, I am going to work at that school. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> okay. So you got this school and then you moved. So yeah, so I just moved to Doha, which was really good because my sister was there in a different school. And then I'd kind of planned just to stay the two years to try and save some money. Oh. We all some debt like we all have. I know. And then moved back home. And then right. in the, the second year that I was there, I met my now husband. Okay. So he came to work at my same school. Right. And then from there, we just were in Doha for four years. And then we moved to Abu Dhabi. And now okay. we're in Dubai. So it's been 11 years now. Oh, Wow. <laughs> 11 years of Middle East that's a yeah. big step so I, I I guess you enjoy the Middle East what is there that excites you and makes you stay yeah I just I just love it I feel like it's it's the best of all worlds it's so western right and I suppose it depends on the different places that you are mm. like Doha in Qatar you really felt like you were in an Arab country um, okay. and it was a lot more maybe Arabs around um, it was a lot more conservative, so you had to really cover your shoulders and your knees. Right. So even though, like, me and my husband, we met there, because you're not allowed public affection, we've never held hands. Oh, even right. when we would go back to England or Scotland, we still won't hold hands because we're just... You, you had to have it, so starting that way. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I just love, like... Um, even, even things that people hate about here, like the driving, it is quite mm. scary, but 
I really love the roads. I love the infrastructure. It's also modern right. compared to Scotland, where everything's so small and so slow and there's holes in all the roads. I'm just like, wow, motorways, there's no traffic lights. You just can go They're fast. In perfect, uh, perfect shape, no potholes. <laughs> yeah, because I suppose, you know, we're, we're from countries that are hundreds and hundreds of years old and they've really only mm. built this country in the last 50 years. Yeah. Maybe even really the last 40 years. So it's just they've got that benefit of not having anything old you right. know, and, and you can do everything that that you would want to do at home it's sunny every single day True. you know I don't I don't see any any disadvantages of, of living mm. here really at all it's such a massive expat community there's people from all over the world it's massive massively multicultural I really don't see any disadvantages at all well, yeah. perfect <laughs> <laughs> and so you were saying it different it it differs from Emirate to Emirate. So what differences have you seen? You were talking about Doha being a lot more conservative and maybe more stricter rules. How does Doha, Abu Dhabi and Dubai differ then? So I suppose it depends where where you are. And there are different levels of conservativeness if that's the word so right. say for example Kuwait and Saudi Arabia are completely dry you can't mm. buy any alcohol there okay in Saudi if you're working in Saudi you have to have your hair covered all the time okay. and it's getting a bit easier now but before women weren't allowed to go anywhere without a meal so even mm. shopping all those things it's complicated are, yeah it's getting a lot more free definitely and the people who I've known who've moved to Saudi have all loved it even a single woman because it's a very complex Compound, you know, living on a compound, but everything is in the compound, so, and you can right. do whatever you like in there. So there'll be cinemas and swimming pools, and and you can just act like normal in the compound. You just can't go out. Okay, so it's as if you had you were in a separate sort of city within yes, the Emirate. Exactly. That's a like whole gated expat community. A little exactly. Bit. So oh, I th- I've never really heard anything bad about people who have moved to Saudi, mm. but it's by far the strictest. Then there's okay. like Kuwait that also you can't drink, but you don't have to cover. And then it just gets more and more less conservative, like less and less conservative. You've got Doha that's, that's a little bit, it's very westernized. Right. Um, you can still drink, but there's say one alcohol shop in the entire country. <laughs> um, you know, like, and then it gets to the UAE, which is like America. Yeah, com- <laughs> yeah much more free. <laughs> yeah. So it's just different. Stages. Okay, so what what are you ready for? And you can choose your Emirates depending on exactly. It. And I, I think a lot of it comes with that some of the countries that are less free they pay more as well. So you maybe get a better salary. Mean, like they, they pay oh they pay more in terms of salary. Salary, yeah. So you get a higher salary in Saudi or Kuwait than you would get in Dubai because it's easier. They think it's easier to live in Dubai than mm. it is to live in Kuwait. A lot okay, of people. But, yeah. So if you're in. Kuwait and Saudi Arabia and again can you actually travel a little bit and see yeah so lots of people will just save their money and then once a month or one every two weeks just fly to Dubai for a weekend mm. so you're okay, not yeah get the fun in Dubai and then come back <laughs> <laughs> lots of locals do that as well you know oh wow <laughs> yeah so it's, it's there's a bit for everyone and it depends what you're yeah. comfortable with and mm. Dubai is definitely the most most western you know when yeah. even when we came here visiting from doha we were like wow there's people wearing like strappy vests and hot pants in the mall you would never get that in doha you know you right. never get that in they would the, when we were leaving there was people handing out 
like the police were handing out little postcards with warnings mm-hmm. saying, you know, you're not dressed appropriately if this happens. Oh, wow. You know, compared to Dubai, where it's like just mm-hmm. people wear whatever they want. And sometimes I think people forget that they're in an Arab country because it's True. so Western. Yeah. And you can do everything that you kind of forget that really it is an Arab nation. Mm. And in Dubai, do you see that where there be different rules for West? versus locals in terms of maybe the dress code and things like that or um, well the dress code the locals will generally stick with their local attire right um, so they always look very gorgeous and smart <laughs> um, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's rules I just think you have to try and be respectful that even if you're allowed to and you won't get told off mm. I just think you still should cover oh, yeah it's a question of respect and adapting to the culture and we know yeah that. And it's different if you're in a hotel, like the rules are different. Mm. If you're on a beach, then it's different. But yeah, of course. generally, I just think, it's still just remember where we are. Yeah. You know, but in terms of like locals and the expats, I think that's one thing that is, it's not difficult. It's just something you notice is that it is quite separate. Right. You know, it's very rare that you would find local friends and you mm. invite them to their homes and learn to speak Arabic. It's very rare. Okay. And so are you working in an international school or a local school? So mine's is a strange one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, our, our employer is the government of Dubai. So it okay. should be a local school. It's 100% Emirati boys. Right. Royal family and their connections. Okay. Um, so it's kind of in the middle. It's not the local schools that have all the Arabic teachers. Yeah, it's like a local private school. Exactly. I get yeah. it. Okay. So, yeah, it's interesting, but it's just because it's all boys, because the girls' school is separate, I right. feel like it's difficult to form connections with teenage mm. Arab boys because they're all very into, like, camel racing and falcons, you know, the birds. And I'm like, yeah. even the football, they're not even watching the football. I'm like, but the football is on and they're not into World Cup is coming, yeah. coming to you. <laughs> to Exactly, and they weren't interested at all. When we were in Doha, all the, like even so many of the local boys they all supported like PSG, Real Madrid, or Barcelona. It was very interesting. But and they, but they are also teams that the Emirates have invested in. Exactly. PSG is completely fa- financed by the Emirates. Yes, yeah. so exactly. And they same would have Qatar the visibility on Barcelona, didn't they? Qatar Airways. I think so. Yeah, Qatar is a, is Barcelona. That's yeah. funny then that they would indeed support these teams because they're yeah well, they probably see a lot more of these teams going on in these countries mm-hmm. because of the financing behind it yeah but I felt like at least you could talk to them in, in Doha you could say like oh did you watch the match and but here they really are so culturally in their their camels and their mosque and their oh wow very that's quite strange that given that Dubai is more open and open towards the rest of the world that they would be more culturally attached to the traditions rather than open up to football versus Doha where you saying it was slightly more conservative than I'm not sure if it's an attempt to hold on you know like they invest so much in holding on to their culture so like things like the camels like the royal family have put so much money into the camel racing and camel breeding and the same with them have you heard of like endurance riding it's like horse yeah. riding, but over like 100 kilometers. So it's far, oh, wow. 40 kilometers or 100. It's far anyway. And it basically takes them like three or four hours. And it's oh, like wow. the horse 
And the, the, doesn't the horse just die after that? Yeah, they, it's really they have to stop every hour and they get their heart yeah. rate taken. Oh, um, and then it's the person who wins. So a lot of the the boys that are in our school that race, they're really tiny, you know, like joggers. Um, but they put so much money into these things to hold because the royal family here are so into horse racing and they, right. they own a lot of horses for all the other uh, competitions in the world. So I don't know if they're just clinging on to that or if it's just mm. naturally in them that they're yeah. like, we'll just reject because so many international people have come mm. and taken over their country that maybe they yeah. feel annoyed or just want to hold on to what they had before. Mm. Right. No, it's, it's funny to see yeah, these differences in well, they don't watch football versus Europe, but they go for the horse races where mm. horse races in Europe is is limited yeah. to a certain class and very yeah like, like if you yeah, give them some categories in some countries, it's not exactly. that broad a uh, main mainstream. Just, yeah, it's surprising. If they had time in a lesson to watch like YouTube, they would all be tuning into like camel racing. <laughs> like a football match from the night before it's really, yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting it's really interesting indeed yeah, yeah. <laughs> one thing I wanted to touch on um is that you were saying you're in a full full boys school so the girls and boys are are separate and I was just wondering so there was there's no issue in having a female teacher for a boys school is that there no difficulty on on that aspect at all no, I don't think so. I think generally yeah. they're a very respectful culture towards women. Okay. If you, nice. you have to ever have to say to them, would you ever speak to your mum like that? They, they're really mm. like, you know, they don't. Okay. They're really caring about their mums and their grannies and right. like look after. Yeah. And even things like, you know, when you go to the government buildings, if it's a visa issue or something, there's always separate queues for the women. So they don't have mm. to stand for all the men. And it's normally quicker because it's like so much more of the country is men with all the workers and right. So they just they they are nice to women. I know everyone thinks it's the opposite and it's oppressive and but they, that, that, that that's the image I I would have when you have this separation. But it's great to see that no, it's actually full of respect and there is not no, uh, no oppression behind it. Yeah, I think they are really respectful, especially to their own culture. And as, mm. as teachers, they are as well. I think they just have in their head, well, these people have come over, they're the experts to teach our kids, and they they just are generally really quite respectful. But I think it depends on the school. Like, you do hear okay. stories of the local schools just being... A bit more difficult. Because in the Arab culture, it's very strange, but in the Arab world, there's a ranking system of nationalities. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't really know the order, but they're obviously at the top. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, when you're doing the rank <laughs> yeah. at the top, yeah. Followed by all the other like GCC countries, so like Saudi. Mm. What else? Like even like when you get down to Oman, Bahrain, they're further down, and then you okay. get to like Egypt. Then you get to you know, like you know, uh, like Syria and Yemen. For some reason, are like towards the bottom. And I don't mm. know why. But they're like really. It might be a conflict or of interest or something. I don't know. I, have no <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, it's very like ranked like that. So I think if, if you're a teacher in a local school and you're from Egypt, you might get less respect than being a Western teacher teaching. So Westerners school. would be above Egypt. Depends where Western as well. The the highest okay. ranking Westerners are the Americans. They love the Americans more. Right. Um, I don't know why. Um, so there's kind of like the, the the Western people slot in among okay because I always are dotted as 
Yeah, I always thought, well, if you're a Muslim, so say, for example, you're a Pakistani Muslim, you are going to be way more respected than a Westerner because you believe in the same religion and mm. you you're both believe you're going to, you know, you're not a sinner, like if you're not, mm. if you're not Muslim. Um, and then they were saying, no, that like, say, Pakistani Muslims will still be a lot underneath, say, Western. Yeah, the, I, I guess in in dubai pakistani muslims are maybe the like the the, the building workers yeah and, like the little hands behind that are absolutely not respected i i mean it is interesting and i just think it's just trying just be grateful for like the life that they can give us yeah. and, and everyone is here for different reasons most of it's job at the end of the day yeah. most people are here for work yeah of and, course But it's a nice place to live for us, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as long as everything's going well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Until we get yeah. chucked out. Or <laughs> you were uh, you were saying, I think when we jumped on a call, that it, it had been a little bit difficult for people when the pandemic hit, that as soon as they didn't have jobs, they couldn't stay. Well, yeah, I think because most people are here on a working visa or they're sponsored okay. by a spouse. And really, once there's no job for you, You, you can't stay you can have a tourist visa for three months and then you have to leave you can keep leaving so leave come back leave yeah, but it's really hard to stay you wouldn't have medical insurance oh. if you didn't have residency so really okay. a lot of people are having to leave just because their jobs have are no longer there yeah. or people are making cuts so it has it has affected a lot of people over the last year definitely i want to stay a little bit with the culture was there any So we talked about what you liked, the whole infrastructure, it's sunny. I mean, there's a good, nice quality of life. Were there any culture shocks, something that just stood out when you first moved to the Middle East and it was um, a big difference for you? Um, nothing that really made made life difficult, but just little okay. things like, you know, in, in, in these countries, they're so used to having people to do everything for them oh. even if they would like pull up to a shop they just beat the horn and the man oh. I was like oh my goodness you've got legs go in the shop <laughs> but I think they you know like little grocery stores like the tiny mm. ones that don't have a lot of space so I don't think they're designed for people to come and browse yeah they're just designed for someone to come in and say right pack a cigarette grab a bag yeah but they come out to the window and ask what you want and I was like oh my god this is so good <laughs> it's a drive-thru <laughs> exactly and they do have drive-thru everything and the fast food and everything okay. that they have here is so crazy compared to the UK Okay, like, I didn't just realize fast food was big in uh, the massive. And even like a lot of the kids at school will just have all the fast food restaurants on speed dial. They just get like okay. KFC, Popeyes, like all the American ones that haven't even mm. made it to the UK. And um, Texas Chicken and Burger King, McDonald's, Pizza Hut's, Char like all these weird ones I'd never thought of, or heard of before. Um, yeah, the fast food is way, way more popular, I would say, here than it is at home definitely. oh wow but nothing a massive culture shock because it's very westernized very westernized yeah. yeah and even things like um they like buying alcohol like when we were in doha i'm not really a massive drinker so it never really bothered me and i hear yeah. so many people saying oh i can never move to kuwait i could never not drink it's never i it, guess you just get used to it if yeah like if it's not there and you're not going to bars when you just i know have... I think my husband struggled a bit because he, because in, in Qatar, 
they have all the same things that we have. So they'll have snooker halls and pool table mm. and cinemas and everything, but there's no bars in any of them, which to me is okay. Fun. But for lots of men, they go to those places to drink and to do something. So they'll go bowling yeah. and they'll have a drink. Or, and that wasn't possible. So he was like, why are these people so obsessed all the time with needing to have a drink with everything? You know, but, but for me, it was never a thing. I could easily live without alcohol. And even even my uh, sister was in Kuwait for a long time. And she said that as soon as people got on the plane, so they would, on purpose, would start drinking. Yeah, and they would on purposely not buy Kuwait Airways because they were dry. It would, they would have to go oh. other airlines, so as soon as they were on the flight, they could have wine. And I was like, no, I'm definitely, it's not something that we, I would need in my life. But for some people, yeah. that's their social life, and, you know, mm. it's understandable. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't, nothing was massively a culture shock, really, for me. The driving was the scariest thing when you're not used to it. Why, why, why is that? What is different? Um, well, it's on the other side of the road, anyway, from the UK. For the UK, yes. Yeah, it's <laughs> automatic, so in, as much as that's amazing, and I would never go back oh. now, I'd never yeah. driven like an automatic car before. Okay. And they're just quite aggressive. So when you come home to, like, Scotland... I really like how, you know, everyone does like all the manners and they'll like flash mm. you, like, thank you, and the little lights to say thanks. Right. If they flash you, it means get out of the way, move. Like they're really aggressive. So they're flash, 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 like really aggressive drivers. Um, so it can be quite scary when you don't know your way, you haven't mm. got time to find out which lane to be in. Yeah. It is quite intimidating. But once you're used to it and you've got over that and you kind of know your way around, it's fine. I really like the quickness of it. Yeah, they, they, yeah. But the, the manners were quite wide, and and but I re- I remember we got lost in these multiple lanes, not <laughs> knowing where to exit, and probably went yeah. around our hotel five times before we were able to get the right exit to get yeah. to it. Exactly. Even we came back over, I think in about two thousand and five with my parents, and my dad mm. was driving, and I remember thinking, "How could you drive here?" This was before Google Maps, so like my mom right. Had- you know, like the map, and they were. But I was like, it's all uh, spaghetti junctions. How do you even know which one to take? And you know, but Google Maps is my savior. Like, absolutely. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going around without a GPS that. anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, see, that was the biggest culture shock because you're thrown into it, and really, without a car, it's very you can do anything there. Yeah, very difficult. Yeah. Dubai is a bit different because they have the metro and they have a tram now, and they do have buses, okay. but they go along just that main that main Sheikh Zayed road. So if you right. live back or up away from that, you still can't get anywhere. You mm. know, so it's good if you're going across the way like this, across the main area, and it's good if you live in a downtown and you're maybe got work that's only a couple of kilometers away. That's fine, but really, without a car, you're very limited. Yeah. yeah. So I think you just have to get over that fear and just throw yourself in it because yeah. your your life would be so much more contained. Yeah, it's going to be difficult if you're not driving. Yeah. Or if you need a driver, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or Uber around all over the place. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let's move on to the recommendations then. What are your favorite spots across Dubai? So one bar or cafe, restaurant, and your gâteau blanche. Okay, so I think um, I've put my favorite bar as a place called Folly by Nick okay. and Scott, who are two chefs that used to work with Gordon Ramsay. And they oh. came here a long time ago, I think about nine or ten years ago, and had a couple of 
restaurants before they made their own one. But I think it's the location of it. It's in, it's called Souk Madina and it's built to look like an old souk, you know, the old market with all the wind towers and it's all like little alleys. You, It's one of those places you wouldn't even really know if you weren't, if you were a tourist, you would walk past no. and you wouldn't even know it was there. But when you go outside, the views are so pretty and it looks over the Burj Al Arab and you can see the sunset and it's just a really nice place in winter to go and sit and have like sundowners or you know a cocktail at night time nice yeah and then a restaurant um I say the one restaurant that we go to all the time now (laughs) is called Marina Social um and it's by Jason Atherton who's a quite famous chef and it's in the it's in Dubai Marina, and again, it has really lovely views over the water, and you see all the boats going up and down, and it's got the the, the terrace as well, so mm. it does have like a really nice view and vibe when it's winter and the doors are open. And then okay. if it's in the summer and it's too hot, just the food is so good, and they change the menu all the time. Mm. The chefs always trying different things. It's really really nice food there. And then my favorite spot in Dubai is uh-huh. called La Mer, as in the sea, and the sea. Um, <laughs> but it's so cool it's just the coolest place and um again it's like a, it's a beach I think it's a man-made beach but they've built lots of okay. like cafes and restaurants and they've got a water park and a bounce trampoline outdoor bounce park for kids and little shops and but it's all street art so everything okay. on the side of all the buildings is like really really cool street art you can get such cool photos and it's just a really nice, relaxed vibe. It's my favorite place, but it's it's just too hot just now to go anywhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting, nice. Good insights. I'll link them in the comments so you guys can check them out. And last but not least, what is your expat song then? What resonates well, with your experience? Or Mine is, is more of a home song, really. All right, <laughs> because... let's get to your home song then. <laughs> Well, my whole time that I've been away from all the time, you know, when I first moved to France and and then I've been away all this time, really, it's just something that a song that makes you think of home rather than mm. the country where I am. So because I'm from Scotland, the song that I always think of as home is Caledonia by okay. Frank Miller. And I try not to listen to it too much because if you're feeling a little bit homesick, it does make you really sad. Oh. <laughs> I don't generally get homesick, but it is a lovely song. And it's sometimes, I remember when I was in France, even, it would come when I listened to it, especially if it was coming towards Christmas or when I was about to go home, I would just sit and cry, like just happy tears of like excitement. I can see my parents. But yeah, just, it's funny. I think sometimes when you are an expat, you've not got more of a draw to home. But sometimes things make you think of home more right. than if you're there because you miss certain things about it, don't you? So Yeah, you realise what, you, what you've left, I yeah. think, only once you've left what seemed completely natural to you and was just, yeah, yeah. Uh, now becomes something that you kind of savour or cherish when you, when you go back. I know, and I think the community as well. Like, even when the football's been on and Scotland were in it, and I, my mum was saying that all the schools were getting to watch the football, and I was mm. like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Like, you know, and, and I was just sitting in my living room by myself because I don't have that many Scottish Watching the camels. <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like that. You miss that kind of community spirit. Mm. But I don't, 
I don't feel there's any disadvantages of, of moving away, to be honest. I feel like you get the best of both worlds when you move away, as long as you love the place that you live. Yeah, you have to like that place and find find a place that where you actually feel home and exactly. have that balance. As, as long as, as soon as there's the balance isn't there, I think there's, you have to rethink either your lifestyle or the place you're in. But. Exactly. And something might happen where you're just like, it's time to go. You know, yeah. some people just get to a point where they're like, I'm done here. And they just start looking forward to their next adventure or they're going back mm. home. And that's fine. So you never know when that's going to end. But I think as long as you love where you are and you, like you said, build a home there, wherever that home feels like to you. And you just go with it until you start feeling a bit. I'm missing something. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. I feel very lucky. (laughs) (laughs) You feel like you're happy. I I feel like you're happy there, which is always here. (laughs) I am lucky. I feel like we've moved and kept moving. And now we're, you know, there's lots of people who, who like go to different places. So I've got friends who've moved to Turkey and India and China and Thailand. And they're all places that I'm like, wow, but I would never live there. Mm. I'm just like, the Middle East is just, this is just where I am. Whereas there's some people who are so open-minded. They'll go anywhere that a job brings them. And it's brilliant, but I'm like, nope, the Middle East, I've got no desire to go anywhere else. It's here or home, you know? Right. <laughs> when I retire and buy my house in France, that's all. <laughs> the side of France, I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you for joining and sharing your experience around the Middle East, the cultural differences, and also the differences between the different uh, Emirates. Do send me those, uh, the addresses, so I can link them in the comments. And if you enjoyed the episode, go put a rating on Apple Podcasts and follow on Instagram. Stay tuned for the next one. Oh, I will do. Thanks so much for hosting, Sarah. Thank you so much.